and welcome to Reliving My Youth. My name is Noel Fogelman. My guest this week is Sean Keenan. Sean returns to the podcast to talk about his Emmy-nominated show, Studio City. It's on Amazon Prime. Fantastic show. The longest episode is about 15-16 minutes. You can get it done in an afternoon. We also discuss his upcoming book, Way of the Cobra. It's sounds great the description is great we talk about that and how can we not talk about karate's bad boy mike barnes i try to get as much information from him whether or not he's going to be in cobra kai season four i also pose a couple of theories about the show to him i love sean when he comes on the podcast it's fantastic and i hope you enjoy my conversation with so sean thanks so much for uh joining me again it's a real treat to have you back on the show <laughs> Thanks, man. It's good to see you again. Yeah, absolutely. So I want to start with uh, Studio City because you know you emailed me and said you know check out a couple episodes. And I, in fact, I watched even before you emailed me half the season. I was waiting for the other ones to be released. I didn't realize that they were they were released. Yeah. And fantastic! I absolutely love the season. I'm I'm waiting for season two. Hopefully, it comes sometime yeah. this year. Um, talk about just like the inception of the show, like uh, your idea of it, like how it actually came about. So Studio City is something that I've been trying to get made for about 15 years wow. um, in, di- in different incarnations under different names. And, uh, you know, through the right series of uh, relationships, uh, you know, the, the, the tumblers kind of all aligned and it unlocked. Um, uh, I did a movie, actually two films, for a director named Timothy Woodward Jr., um, a tremendous director. And... Uh, I, I went to go meet Tim and talk to him and we started talking about Studio City and he said, which wasn't even called Studio City at the time. And he said, listen, uh, this, this sounds interesting. If I like it, I'll do it. And I mean, you know, in Hollywood, you hear that a lot. <laughs> right. Very, very rarely do people do what they say they're going to do. And to Tim's credit, uh, we were in production like eight weeks later and Tim has directed all of the episodes uh, we got eight nominations for Emmys last year, including Tim for best directing team. And he is the team. He's the only guy that directs them. <laughs> and uh, uh, I was nominated for uh, outstanding lead actor and my wife and I, uh, and our other writer, Lauren in Normandy were nominated for uh, outstanding writing team. But my friend, Tristan Rogers who right. plays uh, doc, uh, one for best supporting actor and we, we couldn't have been happier. And so, you know, it's really, this has been a, a dream come true for me. And in, in retrospect, this is the right time for this to be made in my life because, you know, I play a guy that's an aging soap star and, you know, 15, 16 years ago, it probably wouldn't have worked quite as well. I don't know. Um, it definitely wouldn't have worked quite as well without, uh, you know, Tim being on board. Tim is my, my partner in this. He's the showrunner. Um, my wife, Michelle, uh, who I didn't mention on the writing team, and I don't know why. She's one of the head writers. Yeah. <laughs> She's Emmy-nominated writer. Um, right. <laughs> and she and Lauren DeNormandy won the Indie Series Awards for writing. And, and my wife has been, she's also a producer, and she's just been, you know, one of the driving forces in getting this made. So this is really, um, it's, it's very much a team effort. And uh, I'm very lucky to have some incredibly dedicated and talented people uh, around me. Right. And you have, you know, like some of me, like you mentioned, Kristen, obviously people know him, you know, Robert Scorpio from General Hospital, uh, Patricia Darbo, who, you know, my, my wife and I know from uh, Days of Our Lives, and she's been in everything and everything she's in. She's fantastic. And uh, your sister also 
was on General Hospital. Yeah, Brown. Yeah. Yeah. Got a so, yeah. In the in, in the episodes, the five new episodes that we did um, about I don't know six weeks ago, maybe a little okay. longer. Um, you know, during COVID, which is right. production during a pandemic, not easy. Yeah. Um, but uh, they're great, and we've got some terrific guest stars. Ron Moss uh, is like laugh out loud funny. I mean, who knew Ron Moss was so funny? Yeah, and, he's great. Uh, yeah, and Anna Marie Horsford, right? And uh, Justin Torkelson. Uh, so we're we're really fortunate um, that we uh, we've got some terrific people that that came on board, and uh, you know we we think these five episodes are every bit as good, if not better, than the. Uh, first six so really it's a it's a completion of the first season right uh it's not season two it's 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 one season and uh yeah it's our goal to put out season two uh sometime late this year oh that's great and i was gonna ask you about you know the whole covid situation because that was actually you know kind of storyline one of the episodes Mm. and i was like when you guys were you know uh filmed it i was wondering how far into the pandemic you you know filmed the rating episodes all the you know protocols you guys had to take for that yeah, you know, uh, there's some pretty significant um, restrictions and steps that you have to adhere to uh, per SAG, the Screen Actors Guild. Right. Uh, you know, we had an onset doctor. We took temperatures. People wore masks. Uh, the way that you deal with the food prep is uh, completely different than than how you would normally deal with it. I mean, there were there were a lot of mm. things. You know, here's the thing: when you're making a film or TV or anything, speed is incredibly important um you know you're burning daylight you're losing time you know uh and all of those things with the COVID preparation take more time everything just took more time but you know it's kind of a testament to our team that had worked before in the first six episodes and now really uh pulled together and we we uh, you know we, we we dealt with the obstacles um, very effectively. And as a matter of fact, um, Spectrum TV came out and did a, a, a story on us and what it's like to do um, production during COVID. Okay. And so, uh, you know, we, we, we did our absolute best to make sure that everyone was safe right. and that we turned out the best, you know, the best product that we could. Yeah. Even before, like you started, you know, re- you know, filming, what was the year like for you? Like, how did you keep busy? Were you in fact writing the show and producing the show during so, that time? Like, you know, I, I have, I have nothing but empathy for anybody who was touched by the pandemic more than just the inconvenience that a lot of people um, faced. Um, you know, I, I'm fortunate that no one in my family got sick. My wife and I didn't get sick. Um, none, of my, none of my real close friends uh, became dangerously sick. Right. Um, and I just decided, you know, very early on that I was not only going to survive this, but I was going to thrive. Right. And um, to that end, uh, you know, I, I worked diligently on my third book, which is Way of the Cobra, which I'm really proud of. Uh, it's available for pre-order right now at uh, waythecobra.com. And, uh, you know, we got these episodes of Studio City done and just tried to stay as productive as possible. And 2020 was actually, uh, all things considered, in a lot of ways, a really great year. And I, I feel... I feel a little guilty saying that sometimes because so many people have struggled financially, um, um, you know, with their health, et cetera. Um, but, 
you know, we, and, you know, and, and the other thing too, is I'm really lucky that, you know, I, I was quarantined with my wife, who's my best friend. So, right. I mean, can you imagine like people who were say getting ready for a divorce and then they find out. Like, they have, yeah. I, I, it's like a great idea for some kind of romantic comedy, like a, a war of the roses type thing. These <laughs> people just hate each other and are yeah. going to get to find out they now have to stay in this home together for months on end what would happen do they kill each other or do they wind up making up yeah exactly it will go from a divorce attorney to a criminal you know defense attorney yeah. <laughs> real soon yeah but like you know for me like like you it worked out well you know my family was home i was home be able to work home for a whole year sure. um last time we spoke i got your book you know the first one gentleman's guide oh, yeah. and i really uh, didn't um you know do too much i read you know i read most of the book, but I didn't, you know, do any recipes until this year because yeah. we were home and I made yeah. some great recipes in here. So everyone check out, you know, your first book. It's, it's fantastic. You know, the modern gentleman, some great uh, recipes in there. I mean, I made the mac and cheese, the stir fry in there. So a lot of, a lot of it's really good, but uh, mentioned away the Cobra and it's kind of, I guess, shifts from that book to more of like a motivational, a different type of motivation. Uh, uh, way the Cobra is, uh, God, of course I didn't turn off my, uh, Ringer, apologies. Um, Way of the Cobra is far and away um, my most personal book. Um, the book is set up that you were coming into my dojo, the dojo of life, of Cobra life, and I'm your sensei. And I'm going to teach you the strategies and the philosophies that I've used to achieve a lot of my success. And um, uh, Cobra is an acronym uh, formed by the words character, optimization, balance, respect, and abundance. And I, I take on a lot of issues, uh, you know, dealing with fear, with your inner child, with um, uh, the inner critic. Uh, I, I do some goal setting and I, do, and, I, and I get people to define their success. You know, one of the things about success is that you have to know what your success is. You know, it's not, it's not the Instagram feed of some obnoxious celebrity with their right. conspicuous consumption. It's not the airbrushed covers right. of... Vogue magazine for women. And it's, you know, and it's not the, you know, the, the nonstop commercials that Madison Avenue comes up with showing us what your life is supposed to look like when it's successful. And so I get people to get really clear on what their success is. And I, I, I share this story and I, I think it kind of drills down on it. You know, I say that a guy who's been a janitor for 30 years is not the first person that we, we would think about as being uber successful but what if i do and, and that's not to say that there's anything wrong with with what you're doing but but what if i said that that same guy who was an immigrant saved all of his money put his only daughter through medical school and she went on to be a brilliant research scientist who right. saved thousands of lives i would say that guy was extremely successful Absolutely. so if, if his definition of success was i'm gonna do whatever i have to do to make sure that you know my daughter's life in this world makes a difference that's his definition of success and that is every bit as valid as anybody else's my definition is different than yours look we we all share a lot of common denominators as to what we think you know success is but when you get really specific about it now you know the destination where you're going okay the destination is is, is paramount so right. now you got to figure out you know what's what's the vehicle um you know in the vehicle are, are, are your goals. So you got to get really clear. So I help you set up goals in uh, five or six very different areas of your life. And then we discuss what the actions are that you're going to take to achieve those goals. And the actions are, are the fuel that fuels the vehicle to get you to your destination. Um, I share 
a lot of personal stories that I tie into a lot of the lessons that I teach. And, you know, I do it in, in a way that I think is kind of cheeky and funny and, you know, a little irreverent. So I, I think it's going to be a really fun read for people. And, and I honestly believe that there is some fantastic information. Here's the thing. Very little of what I'm going to say is reinventing the wheel. One of the things I right. say in the introduction of the book is I say, I've got good news and I've got bad news. And I said, you know, if you're like me and Don Corleone, you insist you on getting bad the bad Yeah. Right? Right. And so I said, the bad news is I don't have a magic bullet. I don't have a, um, you know, a, a pill that is going to turn you into that, you know, that really effective, successful beast that you want to be that lives inside of you, which is yeah. a cobra. A cobra is someone who lives their best life, their most authentic life, and that adheres to those five pillars. I said, but now here's the good news. I said, it's like the Zen riddle. How did the ship get in the bottle? Right. It was already there. Everything you need to become a cobra, that you need to become that uber successful individual living your life to the max is already within you. You know, you just have to, you just have to be able to see it. And, and the, the tagline for the book is unleash your inner badass. Right. And I say, look, you might not realize it, but trust me, you've got one. It might've gotten lost. Uh, you know, it might be undiscovered, but I promise you, everybody has an inner badass. Right. Yeah. Now, did, did yours get lost? Is that the reason why you wrote the book? Did mine get lost? Yeah, mine did get lost for a while. Yeah, I, I think it happens to everybody. Right. Um, you know, I, 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 was, I was struggling uh, probably towards the end of 2018. Okay. And, uh, and I just made the conscious decision to start doing things differently. And when I started doing things differently and applying these strategies that are in the book, my life changed um, um, uh, 180 degrees, right? Uh, you know, and many on many different levels. Um, and so I know this stuff works because it's worked for me. Right. Is there going to be an audio version of the book? Yeah, I'm going to do one. Yeah, we're we're you know uh, the book is available for pre-order right now, and so okay. it's it's being finalized and formatting before going to print. Right. Uh, it'll be out in about six weeks. Okay, so cool. once we get it off to print. Right. We'll have the galley, and then from that, I will. Uh, I'll do the audio book. Okay, because it sounds like that'd be a really cool listen. Yeah, you know, and I'm looking forward to it. Right? You know, yeah. uh, I, I'm looking forward to doing it because I get to read it and and put inflection and intonation in right. exactly where I want it because I wrote it. So you know what I mean, right. as opposed to having somebody else read it for me. Right. Absolutely. I know last time on the show, we talked about your like near death experience you know, on, on the set of Karate Kid 3. Uh, I'm sure that's kind of tied into a little bit of the book as well. Absolutely. So I, I tell the story of how I got the role of Karate Kid. I'm not going to tell the whole, whole story now. Totally a thousand times, but but right. long, long and the short of it is this, you know, I auditioned for the role. I thought I did really well and that I was going to get it. I was riding high and then I found out I didn't get it and I was crushed. And then a week later, 10 days later, I get called. They fired the guy they hired. They wound up hiring me. Now I'm back on top. Um, it was, uh, we'd been filming for about two weeks and I was having a lot of uh, pain in my left thigh. So I was taking a lot of aspirin. I thought it was from all the karate. And in reality, I had uh, sprung a leak inside. I had internal bleeding. The aspirin was exacerbating the bleeding. And on Christmas day, 1989, I was in the emergency room fighting for my life in Las Vegas. Now I'm down on the bottom again, yeah. you know, I come to surgery and they basically tell me I have 10 days left to get back to the set or to recast crushed again, but it ignited something in me. 
I, you know, trained, I worked out with a guy from the Rams. I wound up doing all my own scenes in the film, uh, my own stunt scenes right. uh, back on top. So I tell that story and then I related to a story that you may have heard about the Chinese farmer. Do you know that one? Yeah. Okay. So I'll just tell it for those people who don't. Sure, so the Chinese farmer that lived in one of the Southern provinces in China, uh, about 700, 800 AD, he had one son and one horse. And one day his one horse runs out of the corral and his neighbor says, what bad luck? And he says, we shall see. And the very next day, the horse comes back at the head of six wild Mustangs. And the neighbor says, well, good luck. Now you can ply your fields in a seventh of the time. And the Chinese farmer thinks, and he says, we shall see. The very next day, his son goes out to break one of the wild Mustangs, is thrown to the ground, breaks his leg, which was a life-threatening injury uh, in those days. And his neighbor says, what bad luck? And the farmer says, we shall see. The very next day, the local warlord comes at the head of 100 men to conscript all the, the young men in the province to go fight in some distant war. But the son couldn't go because of his broken leg. And the neighbor said, what good luck? And the Chinese farmer said, we shall see. And the idea is it goes on in perpetuity. Very rarely do we see the 30,000 foot view. And what might initially and ostensibly seem like it's catastrophic may wind up being one of the best things that's ever happened to you. And for that reason, I talk about the necessity not to attach negative stories to events that, you know, might initially seem as if they're negative, but to remain, if nothing else, neutral to them and eventually attach a positive story to them to let them motivate you because you really don't know what the outcome of that event's going to be. I mean, you know, I was, I was divorced and, uh, years ago and it was crushing. I was, I felt that, that it was a failure right. and, uh, uh, you know, I had all sorts of story attachment to what it meant to be a guy whose marriage failed. And, um, had that not happened, I wouldn't have been open to meet my wife who was my right. soulmate, you know? So what seemed to be crushing at the time wound up being the universe doing what was best for me. Right. No, absolutely. Absolutely. It's a great way to look at it too. And you obviously the cobra, you know, behind you, the way of the cobra. Let's switch over to Cobra Kai. I'm sure you, you're caught up now, right? With season three, I am indeed. Yeah. Okay. And I'm sure, obviously, this is the way it's going to go. Is season four? Everyone is probably asking you nine million times whether you're going to be in it, whatnot. But before I even ask that, because you're not going to tell me, even if I ask you, uh, I have a couple of theories that maybe you can, you know, think, oh wow, it's a good theory, or you can say you're full of shit. Okay. First one, uh, I think Tori is your daughter. I don't know if you heard that one yet. Okay. I, I, I have heard that, yeah. Okay, yeah, and I think you were on the phone at the end of the... Do you think that Mike Burns grew up to be a television sales guy? <laughs> yeah, either that or you became like a military man. And I think that's by looking at... I think that's kind, of, that's kind of my take on it. Right. Um, I always think it'd be interesting to see this 17-year-old kid that definitely demonstrated some tendencies of psychopathy uh got himself straightened out and i think as you know an actor now 30 years later that is a much more mature and um you know uh experienced actor there's there are a lot more layers that i can bring to the role than just sort of the one-dimensional you know terrorizing psychopath that mike barnes was in the original uh in the karate kid three right and, you know, the, the producers in the greatest do a great job of, like, humanizing everyone on the show, you know, starting with Johnny Lawrence, you know, giving him, like, you know, humanity. And especially John Cleese. You, you want to know why he became that way. 
and you know he's right. evil now, but obviously there was a reason why he became evil. Uh, same thing with you. I mean, you want, you want to know about your you know face turn. You know, it could be you're just more evil now, but you want to know yeah. how you got there. And there might even be yeah, a story about. I, I, I have complete faith that uh, Josh Hayden and John, um, you know, if and when the time comes, uh, yeah. will come up with something that is profound and funny and touching and all of that good stuff. Yeah. Now, are you shocked? I mean, like, obviously, this franchise, I mean, it's, it's still going strong, but even how they turned that idea into a successful show, I mean, because reboots and remakes usually fail, but they, they came, they struck gold with this idea. It's genius. It's, it's genius. The whole idea that, you know, that uh, Daniel might've been the bully and Johnny yeah. was the one who was big. It's, it's genius. And, and, you know, another thing they've done that, that is incredible is they have straddled the fence between two age demographics. They've got the guys my age who saw the film originally right. and had that yep. value. And, you know, get Johnny being basically anachronistic, you know, he's like in many ways still stuck in the 80s, which yeah. is what, you know, uh, where a lot of humor is derived. Um, but also they're they're capturing this whole new audience of of kids. Right. Many of whom probably never saw the original movies. Maybe they saw, you know, the Kung Fu Kid. <laughs> you know, right. They saw the film with Jane, uh, yeah. which, you right. know. It was a great movie, but it wasn't the original canon film. Yes. And then I think they probably went back and uh, had to go watch the original films. Yes. So it's just, it's amazing to me that, you know, a film I did 30 some years ago is once again, got some relevance and I'm honored. I'm, I'm really, I'm just humbled by the whole thing. And I'm, I'm very appreciative to Ralph and Billy and uh, Hayden, Josh and uh, John. And I, I, you know, this is their doing. This is their brainchild that has caused this, I guess, zeitgeist is the word. I mean, it's right. this, this, <laughs> this phenomenon. Yeah. And it's the only show that like my whole family will sit down and actually watch together. We're all like, we all have different, you know, tastes and stuff like that. But when the first season, well, the, the last season was released, we all sat down, we binge watched it the whole first night and we all enjoyed it for different reasons. Like, Right. Ed Asner, Ed Asner's back. Me and you can appreciate Ed Asner of all people. Or my kids have no idea who he is. He's just like a right. Man. <laughs> you never saw a Mary Tyler Moore show. Yeah, right? exactly. Or you know, Lou Grant. It's just, it's, it's fantastic. Right. But you know, right. if you know, if those guys come to you, and I'm sure they have, but would you give them kind of an idea of like what Mike Barnes should be now, or would you just? It, I, I I wouldn't be so presumptuous as to do that. I I, I trust that these guys. Uh, will come up with something that is unique and compelling and layered and interesting. I mean, if they asked me, I, I would, you know, I'd, yeah. I'd give a few thoughts, but uh, I, I think they've got this in pretty good hands. Right. And I know, I believe, uh, I think even next week or the week after, there's a documentary about Pat Morita coming out. Yeah, I'm, I'm in that, I believe. Okay. I think um, yeah, I don't, yeah, I don't think we talked about Pat last show. Uh, just quickly, your, like, experience working with him and him just being, a, you know, a great human. Well, you know, I, I, I was a maniac for happy days when I was a kid. I used to you know, run home from school and I think it was, right. it was on either at lunch or it was on um, after school was over. And I must have been, I don't know, I must have been like eight or nine. Right. And, uh, you know, so for me, he was Arnold before he was Mr. Miyagi. Right. And, you know, I always say this, that I was a guy that bought a ticket and sat in the theater and watched the Karate Kid and the Karate Kid too. So, I mean, I was a fan. And that's, that's, that's how this all started for me. And, um, 
you know, to actually be uh, uh, on the back lot doing scenes with, uh, you know, Pat and Ralph. And I mean, it was, it was great. I, I had to, like, there was a little bit of a learning curve that happened really quickly where I had to kind of say, okay, great. You know, the surreal shock value is there, but you got to get rid of that because you're here to do a job. And, uh, you know, and I, I think fortunately I, I, I did what they needed me to do. Yeah, and you, you did it well because we're still talking about it, you know, over 30 years now. It's, you know, it's menacing. Now, uh, just one quick question because I always feel that they made the movies out of order. I felt your movie. Everyone, be, everyone yeah. says that. Yeah, the, the, the second movie because obviously the second one, he was fighting for his life, not points. And then it's exactly. back to the tournament. But I mean, whatever. It's just a little, you know, a little criticism I have there. It was, it was great to see, uh, it was great to see uh, Yuji Okamoto uh, yeah. back in and I thought he did a tremendous job. He was great. He, he was, he was a, great. Uh, yeah. I mean, what a great adventure that must have been to go go to Okinawa and film. And Wow. Right. Absolutely. But The Way of the Cobra comes out later this year. Um, Studio City, the first season's out. Uh, Amazon uh, Prime. Yeah. Yeah. Amazon Prime right now. Uh, season one, 11 episodes. Uh, I really hope people will check it out. Um, it's, it's funny. It's, it'll make you laugh, make you cry, uh, and make you think. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, they're all episodes, I think the longest one might be 15 or 16 minutes. So you can get yes. it done in an afternoon. It's fantastic. Very digestible. You know, yeah. I mean, the, you know, the thing is now, you know, people, you know, when, I, when you and I were kids, like if your show was on Thursday at eight, you sat down on the couch and watched it Thursday at eight. And now, exactly. you know, people want to watch what they want to watch, when they want to watch it, where they want to watch it, mm -hmm. on what device they want to watch it. So this is, this is a, a perfect manifestation of, what the audience now wants and uh you know we're um you know we're the little engine that could we're building our audience um and uh i really hope people will give us a chance and check it out absolutely i think it's going to be also a big word of mouth show too yeah absolutely so. yeah but john best of luck with everything i really appreciate your time Thank you so much it was a real pleasure and i want to I, you know i always say this but just to all of your viewers i'm i'm really humbled and truly truly appreciative of the love and support that I, I get from everybody it means a lot to me and uh just want to wish everyone the best I hope 2021 is awesome uh if you want to make it awesome please check out my new book wave the cobra at wavethecobra.com you can follow me on sean.canon at instagram okay so be well and take care of yourself all right Noel. i appreciate it sean take care bye-bye bye-bye And a special thanks to Sean for joining me today. Check out Studio City. It's on Amazon Prime. You won't be disappointed. Waythecobra.com to pre-order the book. Sounds great. You can follow him on Twitter at Sean Kanan. And if you have a guest suggestion, hit me up on Twitter at the first Noel 19 or like the page Really My Youth on Facebook. Go to iTunes, check out all the past episodes we've had. While you're there, please rate and review the show. Don't have iTunes, not a problem. Shows on SoundCloud, Podbean, Spotify. Wherever podcasts are found, go to livingmyyouth.threadless.com for all your merchandise. A new episode comes out every week. Stay safe, everybody. We'll see you then.